What is up? And welcome to No Agenda, where I have my internet friends come teach me stuff. I am super excited about my guest today, Lindsay Metzalar, who will be teaching us how to make dating apps suck less. I couldn't figure out the right phrasing on that, but uh, Lindsay, that's great. Yeah, I think uh, you're you're more than qualified. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I think this will be a good one. I think people will relate to this lesson. I think people are a little frustrated with the dating apps. I think, um, you know, uh, I've gotten a bunch of feedback from friends and following and stuff like that about how the problems that they have with dating apps and how people don't feel like they can market themselves and people are cooler in real life than they appear to be in their dating apps. So I think uh, we have some really fun stuff to go over today. So I really appreciate you sitting down and going through all this. Of course, let's do it. And uh, yeah, selfishly, I feel like I, I've got uh, a ton to benefit from this too. I know you do this like somewhat professionally, like dating consultation apps too. I don't know what exactly your your hourly rate is, but I, I sure I'm, I'm, I'm getting a steal here. <laughs> you totally are. Okay, so for people that might not know you, let me give a quick intro. So Lindsay's the host of a podcast called We Met at Acme, which is like a top dating podcast in the dating and relationships and like just general lifestyle space, has awesome guests, um, also runs a few food blogs on Instagram, sells merch, hosts live events. I want to get into kind of like the different paths that uh, We Met at Acme has turned into and, and kind of how you got all that. But did that intro bio do justice? Anything I missed? That was perfect. All of the things. So why don't we start with how you actually started? We met at Acme. Um, but actually, right before we do that, I, I thought we could use a little bit of time. A, a little while ago, I texted you about a, a real life situation that I had. Um, do you remember this? I do. I had tried to set up a date and then it kind of fell through. And so Lindsay, I've been lucky enough to have Lindsay as a friend and she's helped, you know, with some content stuff and social media stuff and been a great mentor, but she's also helped uh, when I have like dating questions and stuff. So uh, I figured I'll go through it so people can hear the situation and then let's talk about, uh, you know, where I went wrong. Yes, let's maybe, go through it. Or where they went wrong or let, let's go through this real life case study before we get into kind of how you started this podcast and all. So I'm, I've got receipts here so that I'm not, you know, I'm not fudging with the story. So this is a hinge conversation that I had on a Sunday night with someone that I matched with. It was a typical like match situation where we we matched and then there was good flow, this good conversation. Um, it turned into a, she said something to the effect of like, I asked her a question. She said something to the effect of like, that's too long of a story for hinge, right? And so naturally I was like, okay, great. Why don't we meet in real life sometime? Uh, and she said, very down. I said, great, maybe Tuesday or Wednesday. She said, yes, Tuesday works well for me. And then she sent me her number. And then I said, awesome. Okay, this is Sunday night. Good so far? Good so far. So far, so good. So far, so good. <laughs> Here's where it gets interesting. <laughs> so Tuesday afternoon, it's a you know, busy work week, whatever. I text, uh, hey, it's Rashad. It's 2.41 p.m. And I text, you've got a blank face, Lindsay. I'm trying to read your reactions. <laughs> You're giving me nothing. All right. So uh, I say, hey, it's Rashad. Still on for tonight? She said, Rashad, hey, sorry. Didn't hear from you. Made plans with friends. Would love to get together after my trip, though. We'll text when I return to the city. So. And basically, you were like, oh, my God. 
she followed your rules and I didn't <laughs> because I didn't text before 2 p.m. Yeah, I texted you basically summarizing the conversation and saying uh-huh. like, where, where did I, where did I fuck up? And you you responded something like, well, you could have texted before two. And then I, through prepping for this, learned that you have a rule actually. That's part of what you do at We Met at Acme. You've got a bunch of like dating rules that people follow. And there's one of the rules is, what what's the rule about the 2 p.m. thing? The rule is you have to confirm the date by 2 p.m. that day. However, I think that she was being a tiny bit strict. Like, I, you still text it in the two hour, you know? Right. Like, in the hour of 2 p.m. You still text it at, like, what, 2.40. And so I think that she was being a little bit strict. Did you ever end up going out? Uh, we didn't, no. Because you didn't reschedule or she didn't? I don't want to talk about it. Okay, fair. <laughs> no, fair. because by because, no, 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 it's fine. I'll talk about it because by the time she had reached back out, she's back from her trip or whatever. You know, I I don't actually date like I try not to date multiple people at the same time. It's just a thing that I have, and um, and so yeah, I had been seeing someone else, and I didn't feel like it was fair. I like that. I think that's very respectful, and I think men should do that. I don't think women should, but men should for sure. You don't think women should do what? Should like immediately date one person at a time. I think like we have to not put all of our eggs in one basket in the beginning. Got you. Okay. So that's another one of the rules. But back to the 2 p.m. thing. Okay. So you think she's being a little strict. Um, I think my immediate reaction was a mix of like, so I had felt, I felt a little disappointed to not go out. Also a little bit like, knowing I kind of fumbled the bag, like I fucked up. She sent me her number. I didn't text her. That's That was the first fuck up. And then 2 p.m., maybe it's a little late in the day to be confirming a date. But I was also thinking... Oh, I didn't realize that you never texted her that when she sent the number. Oh, yeah, no, I didn't text her. That was, a, that was my other fuck up. So did you confirm within the app or you texted her then like, hey, it's Rashad just confirming? No, I texted her. I texted her on Tuesday. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think... That's like if I were her, I wouldn't have had like an imprint of you in my phone at all because like you didn't text me, you know? Right, right, right. So it's like out of sight. I'm looking for some who do I assign blame to is is what I'm trying to say. Essentially, you know who the blame goes to, but you know you're you're being self-aware about it and you know that you did wrong. I know I did wrong. I was disappointed in myself as much as I was in the situation. But also one thought that I that crossed my mind was like. Well, there is a a level of like, why don't we just meet? I get it. It's it's not good, and you know, you made plans with your friends. I'm sure she, you know she made plans with her friends, but like, it's it's so rare that you actually like the conversion from swiping to then having good chemistry over text to then setting something up. Like you're right there. We're right there. Like let's just go out, and then we can play all the games and be very respectful to each other's calendars and stuff. But at the very point that you've just matched with someone on Hinge or any dating app, you don't know anything about this person. Like, it's a little bit like, what do I owe you? And what do you owe me? I don't owe you anything. You don't owe me anything because we're, we're nothing to each other. We're just swipes. You're not wrong. There's definitely an element to that that is true. But at the same time, it's like, this is like just using this as an example like this is a busy girl like she has a lot going on and like to her like you weren't super respectful of her schedule and that can be enough because you don't owe each other anything 
for her to be like, well, fuck this guy, you know? That's right. That's right. That's the hard part. But like, I, I remember when I was on the dating apps, there was a guy that I flaked on three different times and then went out with. And like, I ended up really liking him. I was only flaking because like, I didn't know I was going to like him, you know? Yeah. So I agree with you to an extent of like, it's hard. You can't really judge for the behavior before you've met in person. That's my thing. I'm, and I think the barrier to meeting in person is, is higher than it should be. And I don't have the right solution, right? I'm sure there's really smart people studying this stuff all day. And so I don't mean to like undermine the work that these people do, but like in the, the there's no real good solution right now to just like meet with, match with someone and meet with someone easy. And that we'll get into that and, and why that is in the app. And maybe you can talk about some ways to make that easier. Um, but can you give us a little bit of the background? And thank you for for going through that live case study. I'm glad we, we talked about doing that live on Instagram. So I'm glad we got to do it in the end. I'm so happy we did. Okay, cool. So I know the story of We Met at Acme has something to do with a relationship that you had ending. Can you can you kind of take us through like how you started this podcast? Yes. So when I turned 27, I was actually dumped on my 27th birthday by a shitty guy that I shouldn't have been dating in the first place. And it made me realize that what I thought I knew about dating and I thought that I, you know, had the best game and like knew everything wasn't true. Um, well, you know, maybe I did have good game, but I obviously was dating the wrong people. And so I had a lot to learn. Um, and I had a guy friend come over and we were just like shooting the shit about dating and how it's so hard, especially in New York City. And we recorded it. And I was like, you know, I'm going to put out a podcast about dating and I'm going to call it We Met at Acme. I have no idea why I decided to call it that. There's no rhyme or reason. And every time someone asks, I tell a different story because there's no real reason. It's such a good name. It's such a good name. And for people that don't know, so Acme is a club lounge in downtown Manhattan on Lafayette. I used to live like one block away. It's like one of the hardest places to get into. It's very exclusive very fun. You probably get free access now because all the free PR you've given them, but I don't know. They're definitely nice to me. But I think that the name is great. What's really funny is then when I named it that, I wasn't even able to get into Acme at that time. Well, no one is. I've seen like Uber XLs of beautiful, well-dressed like women get rejected from that. And meanwhile, I'm like standing outside with my buddy like, dude, we don't <laughs> we don't stand a chance here. <laughs> Like, let's bail. Totally. It's so <laughs> random. What's the secret? You just got to walk up with confidence, I feel like, to these exclusive bars in New York. Walk up with confidence, exactly, and, like, have a really great outfit on. I know that sounds so ridiculous, but Frankie, who's the bouncer at the moment, was on the podcast, and he basically was like, I am judging people's outfits. Like, if you look good and, like, you look stylish and you're nice— you'll probably get in. It's one of those weird things where I feel like the more polite you are also, the worse your chances of getting in. Well, that's that's the thing. Like I've I've made the mistake of like going and like just waiting in line. You got to go and just like dap up the bouncer like you know him, give him a kiss on the cheek. I don't know, like do something that's like stands out that shows that like, you, you know, you've been here. I feel like that's with everything that you've ever wanted to get into. Like you just go to the front. And many times the, the a line at random places is because of confusion. Like people think that like they yeah, have to yeah. be, you know, but like 
if you, my whole thing is like, you go up to the front of any line ever and you at least try. And then if not, you can get back online. You're that person at the airport in security that's like, I have a flight in 30 minutes. Like I need to get through. <laughs> no, it's so funny that you said that because I'm not, not that person. I don't lie about having a flight, but I always pretend that I'm in the first boarding group if I'm in the last boarding group, I just like go up right after first class and I'm like ready to board. And like right. eight out of 10 times it works. <laughs> All right. So you've been doing this. Pod- I think your five-year anniversary is coming up in October. Congratulations. It is. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's huge. Five years to run a podcast. I mean, then that's it's a weekly pod, right? It's a weekly pod. So it's been every Sunday for the last five years, which is wild. That is a wild accomplishment. And so- also, amazing guests, really good conversations. I love how you like, you're obviously very authentic across everything that you do, but you also like get into it with your guests. You have disagreements with your guests all the time. And like you lean into that, which as someone who's very like avoids confrontation, I I aspire to that. Like that's that's really cool to me. I love a good disagreement. And also you were on the podcast and your episode was amazing. You were so good. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. That was uh yeah, like six months ago. It was I think the first thing I had ever done of that sort. So it was it was very you you were very welcoming and easy to talk to. So I think that helped. Um so how has it been over the because I know how these things go, right? Especially with putting stuff out on the internet. Like this stuff lives forever. And so I'm sure there's times where you go back, maybe you don't, but like, do you ever go back and listen to your early episodes? And what are the things that you feel like you've evolved in and that you're like, oh, like, that's so cringe. I I can't believe I used to do that. I actually can't listen because it's so cringe that like I would lose my mind. But I know that I'm so I'm sober now and I used to like smoke a joint while recording the podcast. And it's so funny because, uh, yeah, a lot of podcasts do that now. And I think it's so cringe. Like, I think, or at least when I was doing it, I thought it was so cringe. Like, it just, I I was, tr- I thought it was really cool at the time. And I would like always offer my guests like, oh, you want to hit? And I just feel like it puts like your guests in an uncomfortable situation. And it's just, yeah, it's it's not a good look. And then like I'd be like, wait, what were we talking about? You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so definitely just like unprofessional vibes. And I also talked more, like probably too candidly about my personal like sex life and things like that. And I still do a lot, but now definitely like more toned down because I'm married and is it more about like you exposing things about yourself or did you ever like touch the stove with one of your guests or sorry not one of your guests but one of the people that you exposed like oh I was hooking up with this guy and xyz happened and they called you I definitely did and I got a ton of calls being like keep my name out of your mouth and I was like oh no oh wow Will Smith do Will Smith before Will Smith had even said that (laughs) I had been told to keep my name out of your mouth well, it's evolved since, and I, I guess I've only really listened to like more recent episodes. Um, I've gotten some really good like contrarian advice. You've had some guys, you have like a good mix, I would say, of like people with very different perspectives, which is always good in a pod. Um, so I want to hear more about like, how did it turn, or I guess the the monetization journey or your journey into like at what point over the five years were you like, oh, this is more of a business or was that kind of your thinking from the start and how did that all happen? I think when I first came up with the name, it just sounded right to me in a way that like I, I thought it had potential. 
Um, and after the first few episodes, because at the time podcasts were scarce and they were not the way that they are today, I was able to find a company that wanted to like produce and do my ads. Oh, wow. And then I got reached out to by what now is Dear Media, um, which hadn't, it wasn't a network at the time. And they were like, hey, we're starting this network called Dear Media. Do you want to be a part of it? And it all just sounded promising. And I was like, oh, maybe, you know, eventually I could do this full time. But I actually never had that thought. I was just doing it because I loved it. And I, I'm so curious and I love talking to people. And then, um, you know, when I was able to charge a certain amount for an ad on the show, I was like, oh, I don't need to be doing my social media job anymore. I can just do this full time. And it's a better like time spend. And, and so I think it was like two years in. Okay, so two years in, and you had the social media. So you used to run a company called Lindsay's Lunchboxes, which is a social media consulting company. So then, also, I feel like that's so serendipitous, or whatever it is, like that you had all those skills, which are so important for podcasting, anyways, that translated so well. Thank you. Yeah, no, it was great because I remember, like, when I first launched, we met at Acme. I was like, I need to have an Instagram for the podcast because that's so important and I need to do something. Was that like a novel idea at the time? Like that wasn't every, not everyone was doing that for podcasts that they had. I think people were, um, but I think people's Instagrams for their podcasts were tied to them as a person, like their own account. And I was like, I need it to have its own account. I was like, I'm never going to be a face behind this account. Like I just want it to be like a logo. Like I never want people to know what I look like. Oh, interesting. Because for some reason I thought that if people knew like anything about me that it would influence their ability to like be a fan of the podcast, you know? Like I really wanted to be like an anonymous podcast for so long. Yeah. And I also was like, how do I get people to interact with the Instagram? And that's when the poll feature had just come out right as I started the Instagram for it. So I was like, we got to start doing some polls. For people that haven't seen Lindsay's Instagram, like we met at Acme on Instagram verified account. It has, I think, the best use of like highlights and all of the features that Instagram offers. Um, the polls. So for context, the polls are like these questions. I think I pulled a few examples. So she'll ask questions that are like on the theme of dating and relationships that we've probably all thought to ourselves and then there's this awesome, like cultivated, engaged community that responds to them. And you can kind of see like, for me, at least it's cool. Cause I can see like, oh, am I off base here? Or me, are, are they off base here? Or I've gotten into arguments sometimes with my girlfriends at dinner and we're getting into like, no, well, a guy should make the first move. No, a girl should. We're like, we'll send it to Lindsay. She puts it up a poll and then you get to see like a, a community vote on it. Things like, yeah. would you give someone who ghosted you a second chance? Is it a bad sign if you're smarter than your partner? How long should you be dating before you go on your vacation with your partner's family? Like these are like things that we've probably all thought to ourselves. So I think that's it's been an awesome to like participate in that stuff. Totally. And you submitted a few great polls yourself. I started doing it on my own page for just like random corporate stuff too. So it's been fun. Mm -hmm. It's such a cool, I feel like under underutilized feature. It really is. You launched as a pod, you started monetizing. Dear Media is a agency of sorts. So like it's your typical sort of 
they help with some of the logistics of running the pod and you guys do a revenue share of the brands that you monetize and stuff like that. But something that strikes me about your brand that you've built as a creator is you're not just doing podcast reads as a form of business. You're doing live events and selling merch and dating consultations. Are there anything, if you look back over the course of this like journey, are there things specifically like business revenue streams that you're like, wow, this is amazing. I'm so glad I did it, exceeded expectations. And then on the contrary, are there things that you're like, fuck this complete waste of time kind of thing? Any event that we have in person, I'm so happy that we do because being able to meet people who are fans of the podcast in person and like see and talk to people face to face is like invaluable to me. Um, but I will say, um, I'm trying to think of a thing that I regret. Honestly, I don't really have a ton of regrets in terms of things that we've done. People say like selling merch is a, is a pain in the ass. Selling merch is a pain in the ass. And I make no money when we sell our merch, like zero dollars. Um, you have to sell like millions of like sweatshirts to see money, especially like just the cost of production of merch too. Right. So that's annoying. But even that, like I wouldn't take back because I just love the idea that like people could get, you know, their friend a gift for the holidays or someone that's like a fan, something that's branded We Met at Acme. But if I had to choose one, I would say merch is the biggest pain in the ass for sure. A very hot topic right now is like creators that build a following based on content, which you've done, and then turning that into a business and actually like scaling that business. Yeah. But I think one of the biggest challenges with that is like people are bought into you. They like Lindsay. They like seeing your face and you talking about four things you should do on a first date or four ways to go somewhere, whatever it is, you know? Yeah. I imagine there's a ton of situations where you're like the bottleneck to something getting done because there's only one of you at the end of the day and you can't like spend your whole day making videos. So how have you dealt with that? How have you dealt with like being able to scale beyond just like you being the face of your brand? And if you don't make a video or if you don't do a podcast recording that day, your business doesn't like fall down. It's really hard. And like, there's so much pressure to be like churning out content all the time. Um, I used to make these TikTok videos every single day. And now it's like once every two weeks because there's just a lot going on. And I want to focus more on the bread and butter, which is the podcast. Um, the one thing that I do and really try to do without fail every day is to spend at least an hour putting up poll questions. Because, like, everyone just loves the polls. And that's, like, such an easy tidbit. And, like, I've heard from so many people that, like, it's furthered their relationship and this and that. And so, like, obviously, podcast is number one. And at, if the podcast for that week is all set, it's, like, I got to get those polls up there because it really means a lot to our listeners to have this kind of medium where they can go and they can interact and they can be part of the brand. Um, the only time I ever didn't put up poll questions was actually on my honeymoon. And it was, it was a struggle because I was like, oh, this is hard. Like I enjoy this so much, you know, but I need to just like be off the phone. I think people enjoy it too. It's, it's gets me thinking about different ways that they can be used. I hope you like 
document that stuff. And I don't know, it's all available today on Instagram. You probably like download your data or something, but um, I feel like it would be serve as a really good game, like almost like Esther Perel's game or like a card game where you just have a poll and then you read it out and your friends talk about it. Like I've used it um, anytime I'm on like a road trip with friends and we're just like in the car and we want to like kill time and have interesting conversations or like waiting in line for something, you just pull them up and like read them out. People get like really <laughs> into some like heated debates. I love that. That makes me so happy. Okay, so other things that are featured in your Instagram highlights for people that haven't seen them. So there's the polls, which are a huge hit. And then there's things like um, random tips. I mean, honestly, they're just good reads. There's like, because it's crowdsourced knowledge. I would say bias probably towards women for sure. But it's like things that guys should be reading. So you have one about like um, how to ghost someone respectfully. So that you're not like, mm, or not ghost someone, the anti-ghost text. That's what it was. And so like the, the text message that you dread sending, but you know you should because you don't want to just like not respond to that person. Yeah. And it's so necessary and it's like good karma. And I feel like you are one of the few guys that have like an upper hand because you follow We Met at Acme and because you like take into account what women are thinking as a result. Right. We got the answers to the test right there. You're just not looking. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, let's get into uh, let's get into more of what I would call like the lesson part of the pod, which is where we're going to talk about you in, in more of like, I guess, an instruction or, or a lesson way or a teaching way can tell us a little bit about how to make dating apps suck less. Um, and I know you've spoken about this on other podcasts and stuff that you're fond of dating apps. You didn't meet your partner through one, but like you've used them in the past and you do data, dating app consultations. So like you are pro this, that is your position on, on dating apps, right? Oh yeah. I, I'm a huge fan of dating apps. I think that everyone should be on them if they're single, no one's above them. And it's all about kind of your attitude when using them that, determines your success. I agree with all that. I do think that there's a ton of challenges. And so I was thinking about the best way to structure this like lesson and get the most out of your time with us. So um, I put out a poll to my Instagram and got a bunch of really interesting responses. So the, the poll was something like, um, if you dislike eight dating apps, what about them doesn't work for you? And free form text got people to respond. Uh, I took all the answers and put them into like different categories of like the most common ones. And so it'd be great to get your feedback on some of this stuff and uh, see what, what your thoughts are to help with some of the most common challenges with dating apps. Yeah. I want to hear side note uh, by far the most common response was men are trash. <laughs> That's typical. <laughs> Does it surprise you? No, not at all. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there was there were quite a, a few of those to sift through. So we're we're not going to address that one today, at least. But maybe maybe someday we can we can go deeper into that. Yeah. The first most common answer that I received, um, which which I super resonate with, was uh, the paradox of choice. So someone's exact words were, "It's a supermarket, and I'm more than just a jar of pickles." Someone else said, "Grass is always greener." Syndrome. A lot of people just explicitly said, "Paradox of choice." There's always a better option. Mm -hmm. my audience kind of tends to skew New York as well. So that, that doesn't surprise me at all. Um, 
I mean, any any initial knee-jerk reactions to that? And I have a specific question. I agree that that's the hardest part of dating apps is that everyone is so like transactional on them. And it could be, it's just, it's hard to get emotionally attached to photos. So like you're just, you know, swiping and and not really giving each individual profile a chance often. I agree with that. Okay, so it's it's definitely a challenge um, that you understand. Um, do you recommend, I guess there's different ways I think you could deal with this, right? Because there's so many options. And if you don't like limit yourself to how many times you swipe or how much times you're swiping a day, like you kind of have to separate maybe the dopamine of I matched with someone that feels great to like, no, I'm actually trying to find someone. And so having 20 matches doesn't actually help me with that goal. Do you recommend like, limiting the number of people you match with or the number of times you swipe on a given day. And by the way, I'm a dude. I know for a fact that women, uh, at least in hetero situations, like have a way higher positive response rate or like match rate than guys do. So I, I imagine this is even more for, for women than it is for men. I wouldn't say limit the amount of people you match with because it is a numbers game, but I would say try to get to in-person as soon as you can with these people. So then you can write them off if it's not a match. Mm. Most people aren't getting like hundreds of matches. Like it's not like they have to actively say no every single day necessarily. Um, you know, unless, unless you are getting hundreds of matches in which case go off clean. Um, <laughs> but I think it's important to like, you know, thoughtfully, see match by match if this is someone that you can get to in person with and then either continue or write off so quickly get to the point where you can figure out uh and like usually through a couple of messages exchanged back and forth maybe a funny banter situation comment on one of their photos but then quickly get to the point and and be receiving too but but don't you think a challenge to that is like i'm always wary of being too forward with a person that I match with and like, I'm too quick to say, Hey, let's get drinks. And then maybe she's going to get turned off and be like, this guy's a creep. Is that not a thing? It can be a thing if you don't like give opportunity for the banter a little bit, but if you bantered already, it's, it's actually a turn on to be direct like that. And if it's a turn off, then the person you're talking to is immature and not actually ready. And so that's like a good indicator of that. But if you've already talked back and forth, like it's not a turn off. It should be a turn on. It really should. Okay. Just not like right away. No, I like that. And and I, I think for me, at least I've been most successful when it's like match, talk, set up date, like not no like day or two lag in between. Hey, how was your weekend? Whatever bullshit. Like it's like when those things happen like sequentially and fast it tends to be great. And like I'm on my phone. I'm not like going away for an hour, take a shower, come back. Exactly. I do think it's hard though. So then I guess you might meet in person. Now you have a better read on the person. And if you want to go out with them uh, again or a second time. And, and I know you're a fan of like shorter first dates too, right? Like it shouldn't be this long wind, like um, sort of drawn out dinner and a movie type thing. Yeah, I think it's good to, have your date be two hours or less your first date because when you 
end up spending like 24 hours with someone or like a six hour date, it creates this false sense of like closeness and you're not really close. You don't know this person. And I actually think guys often, whether they're aware of it or not, are turned off by this, by this like long date because they're like, why, why is she like, she has nothing else going on. Like, why is she just still with me, you know? That's probably subconsciously part of it. For me, it's also just like, I'm like, why did I, that just exchange of time to how well I know the person just doesn't make sense. It's like, this is a complete stranger. And I just spent five hours of my Wednesday that I could be doing other stuff. And now I'm like kind of tipsy going home. I'm hungover the next day. Like, it's just too much energy to dedicate to someone that is in reality, like a complete stranger. I agree. And I think that when you do only spend two hours or less with somebody, you're walking away from that being like, I want more. Like, I didn't spend enough time with that stranger, as opposed to why did I spend all those hours with that stranger? Amazing. All right. The second most common response I was getting is people feel like they're bad at marketing themselves. So this is where, so Lindsay offers dating app consultations. In a real situation, I'm sure you would open by asking a bunch of questions about what's working, what's not working, what's your vibe. But like, are there any things across the board that you've seen work to market yourself? Again, knee jerk, and then I'll, I'll, I have a few specific questions. I think people think that they need to write this like long winded, like, I'm from Oklahoma, I'm looking for something real. Like, that's the worst way to market yourself is like the, so cheesy and like from Oklahoma. (laughs) Yeah. And I think the best way to market yourself is to not take the questions literally. Like it's like worse. Like I I always hate when people are, it's like worst style I followed. And it's like, I cut my hair really short. And it's like, no, like uh, you need to own the questions and make them funny. But not everyone's funny. But that's okay. Their friends are. So tell your friend, to look at your dating app profile. Like, you know how when our friend used to go to the bathroom and we would take over their Facebook page and be like, ha ha, I'm at the club. Yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah. how you should be doing your dating app profile, like joking and not taking it so seriously. Also, your friends know you best, so they know the attractive qualities that you have and they can kind of like weave that in. Self-promotion is really hard. It's something I struggle with at work too. And it's just like, it comes to the, I feel like I do really good work and then I have to get to the point where I'm like, look at all this good work that I've done and that's the tough part, so. Yeah, exactly. All right, so don't take the questions too literally. Pictures wise, would you say like, I, I've noticed there's there's some profiles that skew towards like, I want you to know that I'm super hot, mm. you know? And it's like picture after picture after picture. It's like these like thirst trap, Miami beach, like whatever pictures. Oh, I, I mm-hmm. I know what you're talking about. And then there's there's some that are like almost a little bit too like yeah. funny and like, okay, I still need to like know what you look like. You know, it's not. <laughs> yeah. So what's the right balance there? I think a mix is good. I don't, I'm not a fan of like the bikini photo on the dating app. I feel like if you're going to have it, let it be like a trap to tra- to not go out with the guys that only like the bikini photo. I knew it was a trap. It's a trap. I knew it was a trap. It's a trap. <laughs> But I, I always will feel like say, a savage. I'll catch myself liking the bikini photo sometimes. I like that. Yeah, you, you fell right into it. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. So I think like a mix of like wholesome photos with friends and then like photos of you alone so that people can see what you look like. We we got to have like a smiling photo in there. We got to have a photo without sunglasses. 
if you're a guy, you got to chill on like the fish photos, the hunting photos, like the climbing mountains photos. Like we, uh, those are unnecessary. Right. I think I always like to think of like, think of your best girlfriend or like one of your close girlfriends, like what would their profile look like? And if the profile you're seeing is similar to that, then like they're normal and vice versa. Like totally. I, if, if this is a profile, my guy friend would never put out. And then like, this guy's probably a weirdo. Like my guy friend would never take like a selfie in the gym. Like, why would I match with this guy who is? Yeah. Uh, red flag. If guys don't have their height listed. Definitely. I think that's like illegal now. Oh, really? <laughs> they passed the law. <laughs> they, it's like, they passed the law. No, I mean, it's not a red flag. It's just very obvious that they are short and it's like, just own it. Just own it. Like, right, right. We're hiding something. Short King spring, whatever. Okay, Lindsay. <laughs> you say that and then like it comes time to go on a date with a short guy. Not every girl is like anti-short guy. Facts, facts. Also, if he acknowledges it, if he's like long in other places or something oh, funny. I like, like it. Then, Lean in. Then like we're laughing. So the next one that I got, Lindsay, was about ghosting. So I think there's a few definitions of ghosting, so we need to clarify what we're talking about here. But I know you're very anti-ghosting in the sense of like maybe you've been on a couple of dates, you should let that person down. But what's your definition of ghosting first in the dating scenario? And then in I think in this context, we're actually talking about like ghosting as in someone reached out on a dating app like, hey, what's up? And you don't answer. I actually think it's not ghosting until you've met in person. Once you've met in person and then you just like stop responding to them or ignore them or whatever, then it's ghosting. Okay. What about this situation? You've been on a date or two, let's say. Um, maybe there was some chemistry, but whatever, unclear whether it, it wasn't like a slam dunk date where you both leave like this was a banger. Mm -hmm. And then someone says like, hey, would love to go see a movie with you this weekend and you're not into it. So you say something like, oh, I've got friends visiting this weekend. Mm. And then you don't text anymore and they don't text anymore. Is that ghosting? That's like a mutual ghost. Mm. But I always, just like as a woman, err on the side of like the man should have picked it up if he really wanted to, but it is a mutual ghost. But like if the guy wanted to, he would continue the conversation. Right. Guys have no shame, like, in that scenario. Like, guys have texted girls three times without a response. So, like, if he really wanted to see you, he would keep it going. There's a fine line between ghosting and then the preemptive breakup text. That's, that's a tough one. I feel like doesn't get talked about enough. It's the, you broke up with a person that, you weren't even dating, which I am. I have to imagine uh, on the receiving end of that feels even worse than getting ghosted. Oh, it's awful. So transparency is not always better. I mean, it depends what you want, but like I say, treat others like you want to be treated. Like I, I cringe at that text, but I'd rather that than wondering if he just got busy and blah, 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 you know? Oh, interesting. So you like confrontation though. Well, that's the problem with not getting that text. It's like you still have hope for that person, which sucks. But then also getting that text, you're like, wow, this person thinks I'm obsessed with them, that they need to like shut me down, you know? Yeah, exactly. So it's like, exactly. it's a lose-lose. Lose, lose, yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> Amazing. So this now in the dating app context, is there anything that you can do if I reach out to someone, I'm like, hey, and she doesn't respond. Or maybe I say something a little more interesting and she doesn't, I feel like warrants a response and she doesn't. Lost cause, move on. Or is there anything you've found that I, you can do to like, to, to, you know, CPR it back to life? I'm a big fan of saying something funny in this case. Like I would say something like, like I probably like stop blowing up. My, like, you need to stop blowing up my phone. Like it's just, it's too much. Or like. Oh, uh, because they're not responding. So you're. <laughs> yeah. Or like, or like this went really well. Like glad we did this. Like, you know, like something like as long as you're being funny or like self-deprecating, like then that works. If you're like, wow, I guess like you're really not into me or like what did I like rub you the wrong way? Like that is so not okay to say, but if you're being funny, right. It's almost like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Have you ever been to a comedy show where the comedian makes a shitty joke or like it's something that really just fell on deaf ears. Like they bombed. Yeah. And then they sometimes smoothly recover from it when they're like, say something witty like that. And then sometimes they just like, they're like, what, you guys don't like pancakes or something? And then it like doesn't go well at all. Yeah, exactly. Or like, I think it's way funnier if they're like, well, you guys kind of like, that. yeah, if they're sarcastic and they're like, you guys love that one, huh? Like that's funnier than them being like, well, you guys aren't <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know? Amazing. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, and then the last sort of like segment of answers that I got very commonly was some version of expectations not meeting reality or like the classic catfish situation. So um, I guess, how do I want to, who do I care more about in this situation? The victim of the catfish or <laughs> the catfisher? Probably the victim. What are the signs that you are getting catfished for guys and then we'll do girls? I think for guys, over-edited photos of women, um, like no photos you know, of like their body, just like their face, um, photos that like don't exist anywhere else. Like when you do a cross reference and you're like looking for their Instagram or Facebook, like you don't see anything. Like usually people have a footprint online. Um, and I'd say reverse for guys, like a lot of the catfishing for guys is like hair and like if they're wearing a hat in every photo it's like if you're balding or bald like just own it bro like we will own our bodies we will own you know whatever but like that and then obviously like if you're a guy who's short and you're trying to hide it you only have photos with like your shorter friends and then you're like wait right <laughs> I, you know it's funny about cross-referencing i have a friend who who always does LinkedIn because usually who's someone who's catfishing on hinge is also catfishing on Instagram. True. And so he cross references on LinkedIn for every girl. <laughs> I think it's pretty funny. But the problem <laughs> is LinkedIn is only one photo. So like, how can you really know? Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's probably not helpful overall. It's very better if it's 50, 50, maybe you just roll the dice. It's really hard, but the cross reference is the cross reference is crucial or like asking a mutual friend, something like that. Okay, so so be wary of those things. So then also the flip of that is if you are the person who if you're thinking about what pictures to put on your profile, like try not to catfish, basically. Yeah, try not to make sure you show a friend goes back to the showing a friend your profile saying, does this accurately represent me? 
The peer review, very important. So important. I think those were mostly encapsulating of the responses that I got mm-hmm. to why don't people like dating apps or what doesn't work for them. Uh, again, aside from men are trash being by far the number one answer. Okay, Lindsay, why don't we close with, because we, we are unfortunately coming up on time, but I want to close with a little red flag or deal breaker. Let's do it. Okay, you ready? Mm-hmm. I want your sincerest answers here, though. Don't like uh, just your your authentic responses. You got it. Um, okay, so red flag or deal breaker. And, and sorry, there's different versions of this game, so let's make sure we're playing the same version. This person's perfect. Like it's, it's almost like he's a 10, but this thing, Okay, you know, like otherwise they crush it. Uh Like you've been on a couple dates and things are going really well. And this, this red flag or deal breaker junction is, would you continue this path of relationship or is it a deal breaker? I see. Right. So it's not like a complete stranger. It's not a hinge, a hinge app that you're seeing. Mm -hmm. Okay. So ready? Ready. Lives with his parents. Deal breaker. Interesting. Right off the bat. Do you want me to elaborate or is it rapid fire? Let's get a little bit of elaboration, a short elab. Yeah, just no. Like, assuming he's my age at, at, <laughs> She's like, at no. 32, like, there's no excuse. Right. Okay, you're like, do you want me to elaborate? Yeah. Okay, just no. <laughs> just fully no. <laughs> um, okay. Th- uh, things sharing a toothbrush is normal. Red flag, not a deal breaker. I like to share. My husband refuses. (laughs) That's so funny. Okay. Like, I don't want to share his toothbrush on the reg, but like if I forgot mine. Right, right. We're in the same hotel. Like, do you ever do it without him noticing? No, he would murder. He would kill me. Okay. So you're saying with consent, sharing is okay. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, cool. Uh, Consistently engages with thirst trap Instagram content. Like, these model accounts and stuff like that. Deal breaker because it's just sloppy. Like be better, like stalk your thirst trap girls, but don't engage with them. Right. Don't be commenting. Don't catch me like finding you in the comments. Exactly. Also, Instagram has that feature where they show you your friends that commented first and they hide everything else. So yeah, yeah. Exactly. So you'll know. Very sloppy. I agree with that one. Mm -hmm. Okay. Velcro wallet. Oof. Red flag because it's fixable. Got it. We overlooked that. But they should have a nice wallet is generally where you stand. Yeah, but maybe they've never had a girlfriend to like get them that nice wallet or teach them about style. Even if there's like coins in the zipper pocket, like 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 quarters and nickels and dimes. I think style can be fixed. So, okay, good. Uh, no driver's license? Deal breaker. Okay. Why? Because we can't rent the car together when we go to Europe. Yeah, fuck that. It's just immature. Like, get your shit together. Right. What are we doing? Um, Calls his mom, mommy. Red flag. Oh, interesting. I thought you were for sure a deal breaker on this one. That's not coachable, Lindsay. That is not coachable. I love a man who's close with his mom. I, as long as the mom isn't toxic, you can call her whatever you want. But don't, I mean, it's obviously cringe to say mommy, but like, whatever. We already did fish pictures, but multiple fish pictures in their dating app. Deal breaker. Just like go be best friends with Trump because it's (laughs) not. You're not for me. (laughs) Not the move. Amazing. Okay. All right. Well, I feel like we covered some good ground here, Lizzie. I personally feel much better. And like, I want to go do a revamp of my own dating profile right now. So thank you so much for going through all this with us. I feel like your profile's definitely good um, based on your response to all of these. Um, 
But this is so fun. Thank you so much. Yeah, we're out of time. Is there anything you want to plug, Lindsay, uh, before we go? I know that the camp just happened. I definitely want to make the next one, but... Yes, you got to come to the next one. Anything you guys got coming up? Go to WeMetAdAcme.com. You can find out about all of our events there and follow WeMetAdAcme on Instagram and listen to WeMetAdAcme wherever you listen to podcasts. Amazing. Thank you so much. Have an amazing Wednesday, Lindsay. Thank you. Thanks so much for being here.